Fresno, California today. Okay, sometimes I'm on my bed, yeah. I don't got no time to spare. I could go my way, go yours. If you see real life, I see toys. I, I don't got no time to spare. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Steph, Steph the Pharaoh, and today I'm bringing you another episode of Luxic View Mindset, where we bring you special guests that I know and that I'm acquainted with from all over. And today I have none other than Luke Mindpower coming from Sydney, Australia. Now, you might be familiar with Luke because I've actually posted a video with him before, but in case you're not, Luke is a uh, podcaster. He also owns a uh, personal development company called MindCorp. Uh, he's an author, soon to be, uh, the book soon to be released. And Luke, tell us, man, tell us, how are you? I haven't talked to you uh, in depth, actually, in quite a while. I'm great, bro. Thanks for having me on. And I don't like to correct people much, man, but it's Mind Power Corp. <laughs> Mind Power Corp. Okay. I know you did a lot of rebranding, you know. Um, yeah, man. That's it's cool. exciting. It's definitely exciting. I like seeing your, your reels right now. We just actually, you know, side note, we just had a little conversation about just branding and everything. And uh, you're doing a lot on TikTok and, you know, other social media platforms. So that's good to know. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, this, this is a big playground you know and and it's and it's 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 not easy man it's challenging because you you got to like think about your audience and about where people are and uh if you look around at all the different social media platforms it's it's a big environment for you to go okay uh what do i do how do i do it uh how do i learn how to do it there's a, there's a lot to do you know so man i'm 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 doing my best you know to just get my uh, message out there, my work out there and, uh, and, and inspire and motivate as many people as I can, man. That's awesome, man. I mean, you know, we're, we're definitely in alignment with each other and that's why I wanted to have you on for episode number five. It was super important to me. I mean, I reached out to you, you know, in the very beginning saying, hey, Luke, I know we talked about this in the past. You were telling me I needed to start a podcast like a year and a half ago and here I am, you know what I'm saying? Just, I wanted to, to get it going and, uh, who else should I bring on other than Luke Mindpower, you know, just to come and spread some good vibes and positivity to the masses. But I think the more important thing for me, um, and I feel like I felt almost compelled to have you on this show because I know your story, you know, and it's not just about bringing people on that um, are doing well financially. I mean, not that you're not, but um, the goal of Luxic View Mindset, I just want to make it clear for those listening, is that regardless of wherever you are in your life, I'm going to be bringing on guests that have, you know, started with nothing and, and started, you know, later on in life in their uh, life path. In episode number three, Stephen, uh, one of the guests we had just talked about how everybody has their own timeline. You and I even mentioned that in the past before. You know, there is no comparison when, when going and going about your life because everybody's a little bit different. Um, but Luke, you know, I want to let the world and let my audience know who Luke Mindpower is, you know, and, and how did you begin your, your journey into personal development? I know it was like uh, you had, you know, some different things going on in life, but tell us about how Sydney, uh, growing up in Sydney was. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for uh, everything that you just said and the question as well. Um, and before I start, man, I love the, um, 
I love the, the platform man. Luxic view mindset, you know, like, uh, I think about, I think about life, uh, and, and about people and I'm like, okay, I wasn't like this a few years ago. And I'm like, imagine everybody had some sort of personal development as a part of their life. I don't know. Would we live in a different world? Would people, would people be more self-aware? Because that's what this whole uh, experience has taught me. It's, it's self-awareness, you know, like personal development is like returning to yourself, understanding who you are, connecting with yourself, learning about what it is that is, uh, you know, your passion, why are you here? What's your purpose? Uh, what are the things that are important to you? What are the things that drive you? What are the things that excite you about life? Uh, what are the things that you're doing in your life that are not supporting uh, your growth and, and not supporting your life journey? You know, get rid of those. And, and that's how I started. I got rid of those toxic entities, energies that were pushing me lower that were not allowing me to, to flourish. You know, I, I wasn't able to, although I was trying to water my garden, I had so many weeds, you know, and, and they just, it, it couldn't grow. I wanted it to grow, but it wouldn't grow because there was just too much, too much, uh, you know, I mean, dirt is good for, for the, for the, <laughs> the soil needs to be there, but the weeds were, there were so many weeds that it was just so toxic that I could not uh, discover who I really am, you know? And again, it came down to uh, my grandmother passing away. And I think that was a definite, you know, point in my life where it was like, death is something that you don't experience very often. And when it does happen, someone that's you know, it's not an immediate family man. It's my dad's mom. And like, I wasn't as close with her, but still the fact that it's connected to family, it does make you think it makes you wake up It makes you realize, uh, what am I doing in my life? What do I want? Where, where am I going? Where do I see myself in 10 years? You know, who do I want to be? Am I, do I, do I see myself? Cause that was a definite question that I asked myself back in 2018. I had this really great friend from, from Chile. And he was working with me as a driving tester for the government, as a government department. And he was in his early fifties and I was hanging out with him a lot. And he had a, he's got a beautiful family, but I thought to myself, is that me? Do I see myself being 50 in my early fifties working for the government um, as a driving examiner? So do I see myself doing that for the next 20 years? And man, I was too ambitious. I was too like, I don't know. It just, I'm too optimistic that I didn't see myself as being that person. And so, you know, it, it was kind of like every, there was all these little points that led up to me going, man, I need to change. I need to change something in my life. If I don't change, nothing's going to change. Um, and so you almost feel, yeah, man, it was, right? it was, pardon? You almost feel confined in a way. Yeah, man. It's like uh, I was enjoying my life. You know, I was. I mean, I was enjoying using cocaine. I was ignorant to the fact that I was addicted. I was very ignorant, you know. 
Um, and sometimes you need to own up to your own bullshit. And for, for many years, I, I couldn't own up to that because it, it was helping me. You know, the alcohol and the drugs, man, it was, it was helping me. It gave me confidence. It gave me self-esteem. It made me feel empowered, which is what I wanted to feel naturally. So you almost know, like you I were filling a void in a way, but you didn't really. Yeah, know. man, hundred percent. I was numbing that pain, you know? So, yeah. so, but I'm, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh man, I was addicted. I was, it was shit. I, I hated my life. You know, I, I, I still, I was still happy, man, but, but I was ignorant, you know? And, and I yeah. think it's, you can also put it down to, you know, sometimes you got to go, go through these experiences and, you know, get more mature you know oh, yeah. you're immature <laughs> you know what i mean now um, following following that i mean how did you um so like growing up were you did you grow up kind of like around these types of environments or well i mean i always say you know you're a product of your environment and when i talk about toxicity you got to remove all of that you've got to remove the things that are not serving you that are not helping you grow and as difficult as it may be to, to say, the people that I was hanging around with, I don't hang around with them anymore. I don't hate them. I have a lot of love for them. They're amazing individuals. But I learned that if I'm going to grow, I have to let them go. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I still have a chat with them every now and then now and connect, reconnect or, you know, I saw one of my mates last weekend. But it's... I just, I know myself of who I am and where I'm going and what I've done in order for me to get to where I'm now. And I just right. can't go back. You, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's very hard to explain when you're not in my position, you know, and it's hard mm -hmm. to even understand for, for, for my friends to understand, like, it's not a big deal, bro. Come out and have a drink. <laughs> right that's to them yeah yeah like it is but for me man my time my energy is sacred you know i've developed this new version of myself because i said no to drugs i said no to friends i said no to family i said yes to me my my family and my friends are so valuable to me but i'm more valuable i overvalue every everything because you know what i never valued me and that's that's the message here you know, because we're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught to appreciate ourselves. We're not taught to talk to ourselves, to build ourselves up, to appreciate who we are, to recognize that self-awareness every day, you know, because we're always doing things for others all the time. And, and this is the connection that I built with myself over the last few years in order for me to have self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth self-validation i don't wait for stefan to call me steph the pharaoh from fresno to go bro you're the shit man i'll validate you today bro you're amazing and i go yeah man you know what i needed to hear that because i don't know who i am and that's what a lot of people are living through you know they're waiting for other people to say hey you're good enough man that's so true that's so true and i I agree with that because I can see that version of myself doing the same thing over the years, you know. Um, but I think it's easy to get caught in the mundane cycles that life kind of throws at us when we're not stepping outside our comfort zone, you know, uh, when we're always kind of doing the same thing over and over, hoping for like a different result. Um, now, I love the fact that you bring up self-awareness 
And um, I also wanted to kind of throw in there, you know, the importance of self-image too. I think the way that you perceive yourself is important. You know, it kind of goes both ways. Um, now, with being self-aware, you know, I know the, uh, there's no way like kind way to put it, you know, uh, the prominence of death, uh, I think can make you reflect on a lot. Don't, wouldn't you agree with that? Can make you reflect on like, Hey, the trajectory of your life really, you know, um, I haven't really spoke on this, you know, to the world, but like two and a half weeks ago, my great grandmother passed away. She was 99 and she had Alzheimer's and over the last I want to say 12 years, every, I mean, I would go and visit her other than holidays, but every Christmas and every Thanksgiving, we were there. And every uh, birthday in February, we were there. Whole family, you know, all her six kids, um, which are not kids anymore. They're adults with families and families on top of that. So everybody would get together and come. And she was like the glue for all of our family. And, you know, just kind of uh, growing up in that environment, uh, when all of this happened, it all happened uh, the day I went skydiving. I got back and uh, get the phone call. I'm like, hey, your grandmother, she's no longer with us. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, it, it happened like today of all days. I jump out of, a, of an airplane and I get this news. And the way I perceive that, uh, Luke, is I feel that she, I want to feel that she was like fulfilled in her life. And like by me doing that, and facing my own fears on the inside, that was like enough for her to like let go. And that might be spiritual, that might be like whatever you want to call it, but that's how I'm making sense of it. And what's interesting is that, you know, in May, I visited her, her hometown in Texas where she actually came from. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, and I'm only bringing that up because of the fact that, you know, you brought up that story that was like a pivotal point for you. I mean, you were doing things for, I mean, I don't know how long, like how long would you say that you were in, in that rut? From the time I left school till 33 years old, man, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to become. I wasn't, I didn't like school. I was in trouble all the time. Uh, my first car that I bought was a personal loan from the bank. So I was immediately in debt the moment I could drive. Um, I gambled a lot. Um, me and my friends would play the slot machines, pokies, um, uh, sports betting, you know, we would bet on the sports all the time. Um, so there was no perception for me or concept of value to money, uh, savings or thinking about the future, investing, uh, learning. I didn't, I, there was nothing of that for me. And that was um, never like instilled obviously in school. Because uh, they don't over here either, but like you know, your family like did they didn't encourage you? Did they encourage like college or how did they like? What was their lifestyle like? At the time, one of my sisters out of the four of us, one of my sisters went to university. Um, Twelve years later, my other sister now has done multiple my multiple degrees, uh, but just the, the whole education part. Yeah, for me, it just. Um, of course, every parent wants their child to do their best and to become something. But as a youngest child, I really felt in my own humble opinion that I was lacking connection. I was lacking attention. I was lacking that, that, that affection, that love, uh, 
from my parents. That's just mm. my humble opinion. I have nothing against my parents. Um, I don't resent them at all. Everything happens for a reason. I really believe that they did the best that they could given the conditions um, mm -hmm. and trying to live a, a happy, fulfilled life for themselves. But I feel, yeah, I, I was missing something. And, and I think I know myself that uh, I used to compare myself a lot to others and mm -hmm. to whether it was me saying, ah, oh, I don't have facial hair, other friends that have a lot of facial hair. Um, I feel like I developed in puberty late, later than others. Um, so I always kind of felt like I was mm, the odd one out, you know, I was really self-conscious about my physical appearance for, for many years. I still kind of am, but I'm loving myself more and, and not worrying about that anymore. Um, so there was all these little factors that kind of just, um, I was, I was confused and didn't understand for many years, um, what I was supposed to do, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just fell into working for my brother, working with my brother-in-law, selling perfumes online. And then, um, you know, being in unemployed for, for six months and then getting a job with the government. And then I was with the government for nine and a half years because oh, wow. again, good job pays the bills. Um, you get sick pay, holiday pay, yeah. all that kind of you get stuff. All the, perks, benefits. all the perks to basically keep you there for life. <laughs> yeah, good, good benefits. You know what I mean? So why yeah, wouldn't you yeah. stay there forever? Right. No, I mean, there's been a few jobs that I've had that they've called like the golden gloves or the golden handcuffs, excuse me, like, you know, and they just, you're there, you're planted. And every time I've, I've been in one of those jobs, there's always been somebody that's like, Hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here. You got way more potential to than, than to be here, you know? Um, so I think, I think people like that for that. But what I find interesting is that over that period of time, you know, uh, it took you a while to finally get that, that urge for change. And I don't mean find interesting is in a bad thing, but like I said, kind of going back to where we were, it, it, everybody has their own timeline. Everybody wakes up with, you know, to their own power at different times. Um, but self-love is important, you know? And I remember, um, the, one of our last conversations you talked about just kind of being bullied and I, and I don't want to bring that up to, you know, ridicule or anything, but I think that's important too. Cause you know, there were points in time where, man, I was small, I was a small chubby kid and I got picked on too. And I kind of had to stand up for myself and then I kind of got beat up a little bit more, but you know, I think we all go through those things, but they can play something, you know, in our head, they can play mind games. Um, especially if you don't know your own worth, those things can play mind games with you and you can be in your own head about it. And, um, I, I can relate to what you're saying, you know, and maybe not having, you know, at points that self-esteem, but would you say Luke, uh, and this is, I'm just asking here, but would you say that with what was going on at home, not that it was bad, but like that attention, you were just saying like, it was almost like, the later years were, were a cry, like not a cry for help, but like just trying to find yourself, trying to really yeah, find man. like who you are. Man, I was a small skinny kid. Like you just reminded me of my days at school and damn, I got picked on the, I got picked on heaps. You know, I yeah. did. I got pushed around. I, you know, I, I was getting slapped around. Um, and, and that built insecurity. But when I went home, I, I don't remember like, you know, coming home and, and complaining. You just kind of like held it, it in. Just, 
yeah, it was just, I don't know. I just kind of just went with it. You know, it wasn't that bad where I was like getting beaten up, but it was more like, you know, like they're friends, but they still like push you around or yeah. yeah, you still get picked on. Right. But it, but it's not to the point where you're crying, you know? So, um, you know, and I was aware that I was like really skinny and lanky and were you always tall? I mean, cause you're pretty tall. Nah, man, I was, I only, and see, that's the thing. I was really short and lanky up until, um, 10th grade. Wow. And then like yeah. middle of that year, all of a sudden I just shot up. So it was like 16. Dang. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I, you know, I, I felt out of place, man. And again, um, for many years after school, I was still that kind of tall, lanky dude. And, you know, you're wearing like baggy clothes and stuff to kind of fit in and you don't want to show that you're so skinny and, you know, you judge yourself because you're looking at yourself in the mirror and yeah, man, that fuck, man, it, it really like, it bothered me. It bothered me for so long. Like even now, like, I mean, I'm pretty big now and you know, I, I go to the gym because it's healthy. You know, I used to go to the gym because I wanted to be big. I didn't want to be so lanky or skinny, whatever, but now it's, it's about health as well as, you know, I feel good the way that I am, you know? Yeah. Going to the but, gym de yeah. definitely does something for you. A hundred percent, man. Like I, I, I didn't go to the gym for like five days the other, um, the other week. And I went back just a few days ago and I was tired and I was like, damn, look at this five days off. And it's too much for me. I have to, I have to stay consistent. You know, it's that oxygen. It's a lot of like a lot of the, um, a part of your exercising is oxygen, man. Your body wants oxygen. It needs it. And if you let it go for a long period of time, man, you become very tired and your body deteriorates quicker. That's so true. When I went to uh, one of these seminars that we had gone to, we did breath work and it was amazing after the breath work. And it was like 10 minutes of, of breathing exercises. And then after, after that, they asked us if we felt lightheaded and I actually did. And they were like, if you feel lightheaded, it's because you're, you're not breathing properly throughout like the day. And I kind of questioned like, what? Like, I never thought of that. That was one of the last things on my mind. So uh, breathing, guys, is definitely one thing that will help you. Actually, Luke, if you don't mind, let's actually just really quick, let's take one of those uh, intentional breaths really quick. Ready? I'll count down. One, two, yeah, three. Let's breathe in. Use that diaphragm and let's breathe out. Let's do two more. Release. And one more big one. That's just, yeah. that's just self-awareness right there, man. That's just like coming back to the present moment, you know, because we're just tied into this conversation. You know, I was just thinking, ah, oh, it's 3.48 PM. I'm having a cool conversation with Stefan. Uh, and you just stopped and went, let's take a breath. And it just brought me back to the present moment. And like, that's powerful shit because that's the whole unconscious, um, habitual 
natural uh, way that we live every single day where you're just oblivious to, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> right? It's, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's not every day you're, you're thinking about that because, again, life can be mundane, the simple tasks of just uh, eating. You know, me and, me and uh, Des were talking about that. She was like, sometimes I wish I didn't have to eat and stop to feed my body. Wish I could just keep going. You know, but I mean, obviously we're human and we have to, but self-awareness, man. I mean, uh, or just even being uh, conscious. You know, that's, that's one thing that, that Luxic View is. It's a reminder of the present moment because the last thing you want is to have to be reminded when something bad happens, like, you know, uh, a passing of a family member. And I feel bad for like some of my family. I love all of them, but I just feel like that can, uh, in a bad way, you know, bring people to, man, I should have done more. I should have done these things. And during this time, Luke, you know, I want to say, you know, you, you've made me feel very comfortable because uh, this is like the one of the first recordings that I've done since then. Um, but uh, with that, you know, I, I could just see some people just living with that regret because of the things that they could have done. Um, and I mean, it's just like a really big reminder, you know, just to always say you love a family member or a friend or to send those good vibes when you're feeling good that day. Or even if you don't, just acknowledging people. That's been a lesson in my life the last couple of, of uh, weeks, you know, just the acknowledgement of others. Uh, but Luke, I want to actually kind of go in. So, you know, we were talking about the earlier years of, you know, just kind of finding your way, making your path. Um, and it wasn't up until uh, the age of, you said, what age did, did this all kind of change for you? You'd mentioned 33, it. when I was 33, yeah, 2018 numbers. in February. So uh, I think, you know, meeting you and Destiny uh, and Michael at that point where, when it was, I think it was 2019. Yeah, I think it was like and, April. Um, April or May. Yeah. And, and just meeting you guys kind of like, again amplified my awareness to to go wow you know i'm connecting with these guys from from california and they're just so cool and like you're just vibing with each other and it just felt like you know we get really comfortable with what we know and so it's 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 also it's almost like you, you're addicted you're addicted to that comfort zone. You're addicted to what you know. You're addicted to who you know. And meeting you guys and being on that high vibration of like motivation and trying to like chase your dreams and, and be a better version of yourself and connecting with you guys made me, uh, it, it gave me more, um, happiness motivation in myself because i was like wow i made some new friends Across there's the more world. people yeah man there's more people out there that are like me that that want to like that that want to grow and and uh you know reach new heights and and chase big dreams and and make shit happen you know that don't want to just stay and be comfortable you know mm -hmm. so um, meeting you guys and then coming to America and actually coming to Fresno driving. I drove from San Diego all the way to, to meet you guys and have um, a lunch with you and, and just hang out and connect as if we'd known each other for many years. And we only just met on Instagram. 
um, I kind of just, I appreciate, I'm so grateful for technology, you know, the ability to connect. Um, there's so much more to social media than just posting a post. That's so true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I, I feel like sometimes people are oblivious and, and it's a bit of ignorance. You know, that's why they say ignorance is bliss, you know? Um, because for sure. yeah, man, you, you know, if you're not willing to take a chance and, and, and say, okay, I'm here at this stage in my life. I know what I know, but what else is there? What else is outside of what you know? What other people are there around the world that I could meet that I could learn from or that they could learn from me? You know, um, I always say I'm a teacher as much as I am a student. Like I'm always learning from everyone with an open mind, you know, uh, uh, it, um, what's his name? Wayne Dwyer says it, he says, you know, be open to everything, but attached to nothing, you know, yeah, like I felt have that. that, have that awareness to be able to know that there is an abundance of information out there doesn't mean that you have to take it on board that you need to live by it, but be open to it, you know? Um, so, you know, that's, um, kind of a philosophy that I live by, but I have a big appreciation for the unknown. Like what else is there? You know, my life became so unpredictable the moment that I started to do things that was in alignment with my beliefs, like my wants, my desires, your new discovered uh, and, desires, and, correct? Yeah. Like it was, okay, I want to do this, do it. Uh, so what, let's oh, let's mean, actually they, talk about that. Let's talk about that. What was that first initial step from being, you know, sick and tired of sick and tired, right? To, to having that job and that just, man, those, those uh, cement shoes, right? What was that first step where you're like, Hey, I'm going to break free. This is, this is the new me. What did you start doing? I'm going to move to Poland. Move to Poland. That was your first yeah, secretly. Secretly, there was like an underlining thing where I was like, okay, I'm 33. Uh, you know, when you, when you grow up with like culture and like family and, and you got three older sisters, everyone got married, everyone's got kids. You're, some of your friends are getting married as well. You still, you kind of feel a little bit out of place as well because like things haven't gone that way for you. So you feel a little bit different, like you feel a little bit left out. So secretly as well, there was that, um, oh, if I move to Poland, I can start a new life. Plus maybe I'll meet a nice Polish girl and I'll get married. That'll be a guarantee. So there was still that kind of secret yeah. within myself that I was hoping that that's a good decision, you know? And because by this point, not... by, sorry to interrupt you. Um, so you weren't what? So to let you finish? You were just so yeah, I, I just, um, I, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I That's all right. I totally cut we'll you go, off. But, go for it. Uh, but with that, I was just going to ask now moving to Poland, was that just like, um, a physical change for you to create that new life? Or did you like inside say, Hey, by this point, did you say, Hey, no more, no more drinking, no more, you know, drugs, no more this, no more that I'm, like this is new Luke. 
Yeah, I know. You're, um, you're digging. You're digging now, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's good because, you know, I'm thinking back and I always use this as being the, the, the key and the point at which I returned from the funeral and I was like, I need to change. Like, if I, like there were hours and hours and hours that I spent snorting cocaine talking with my friends or with one of my particular friends. I mean, with a lot of my friends anyway, but, but there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of ambitious talking. There was a lot of like visionary talking of like what we could be or what we could do, but it was all talk. It was just, you know, wishful thinking. Yeah. With no action. And then when, by the end of the night, you'd finished your Coke and drinking and you'd go to bed and you'd wake up the next day, feel like shit. And, you'd be back to the same person reality that you were pre previous to that. Nothing would ever happen. You'd still be trying to, you know, save money or whatever it is that you're doing. But uh, it, it was not just that because back in 2012, my life could have gone in a completely different direction. I wouldn't be here today had I, got married in 2012. You know, I met a beautiful girl. I fell for her. We fell, I fell in love with her. And, you know, after, within a month, I proposed to her and I was like, wow, this is it, you know? And I really felt the pressure from my family at that time as well. 27 oh, years old. Kidding. And I was like, I was like, you know, it's time. I met this girl and I was just like, wow, she's my dream girl. I want to marry her, you know? And so I didn't take, I didn't muck around, you know? And because she was from South America, um, you know, she wasn't staying in Australia for long. And so I felt under pressure because I was like, okay, I need to, I need to make moves. Yeah. You know, I need to tell her that I love her and I need to propose to her because if I propose, then maybe she'll stay or whatever. It's so like a, a movie almost like a movie. Yeah, scene. man. So I did, you know, I took her to the wineries and I proposed to her and, um, you know, it, it, it was like one of those moments where uh, it felt like three hours when I was like, will you marry me? And my heart was racing and, uh, you know, it was only three seconds, but as time went on over the next eight months, you know, I was like prepping for the wedding. I was saving money. I was, I bought her a car. I was, I was organizing government visa documents for her to move to Australia. I was, wow. I was like pushing so hard because I wanted this marriage to work. I wanted everything to go to play. I was loving on her so much. I was just giving my life to her. And a week before the wedding, she, she said she couldn't do it. She canceled it. She said no. Wow. And so I could make this so much more dramatic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, you're fine, man. I mean, it's, it's your life story, you know? I... But that was a pinnacle moment in my life that, had I got married in, in, in South America, had I got married uh, in Colombia, I could have been married. I could have had a child. I, I don't believe truthfully that I would have stayed married. I don't think we were meant for each other, but I'm so grateful that it didn't happen. I'm grateful to her that she, she made that decision. She wasn't ready. It wasn't an easy decision. But at the time, at the time it hurt. Damn, it was painful. You know, and, and I couldn't understand, like, I think about it now, I'm like, man, it's logical. 
if you're trying to love someone and they don't want to love you back, stop wasting your time. But when you want something and you think in this hope and this, you have this faith that it's going to work out. And so you go for it. You give your all, you love, doesn't matter what happens. You just keep loving, you know, and you can't force someone to love you. But that's basically what I was doing. And um, I had to learn through a few of my relationships that, um, you know, yeah, you can't force someone to love you. Like, you know, when I love and I give, I really give, I over deliver just like I do with my speaking. <laughs> yeah. But um, you can't force someone. And so, you know, I, I had to learn that as well. And so that was, a th th these relationships were part of my awakening because I was always seeking external people or energies to come to me to, to give me that happiness. You know, and that was that point in, in February that it wasn't just about moving to Poland. It was about becoming who I truly am and reconnecting with myself and, and saying, okay, no more relationships. It's time to be alone. You know, and that's another thing that a lot of people do. They break up, they go straight into another relationship without healing themselves, without spending time with themselves, without discovering who they are, without releasing that emotion, that negative energy, that hatred, whatever it is, you know, because... We're afraid, be alone. To be alone. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to yeah. be alone. We're afraid to be alone. It's a fear. And I was, and it's, it was one of my fears for so many years. Um, but it's funny that I decided, and I've been single now for the last two and a half years. And wow, look what happened to me. You know, so, uh, you know, there's a lot to it. It's not just, hey, I decided to move to Poland. And then that started the, the, the transition. Man, this has been going since 2012. You know, trying it's to... A lot of to a yeah, lot of man. little decisions that add up now i mean what at what point in poland um did you establish a plan to because i mean how we met you know luke you were you were going hard on instagram you know and you really established your brand so that's what what really uh, motivated me about you i mean a lot of your content is very inspiring you know uh we we talk about you know very similar topics uh, about definitely being present you know, uh, having unconditional love, for example, um, you know, doing your best to balance the fine line between yourself and your ego. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different things that I feel like over that period of time you had to learn. Um, what was it that motivated you to jump online and to start like, you know, trying to find your tribe? I think it all started when I completed a speaking course through Mind Valley on uh, Facebook. I didn't understand the power of connection and the power of um, the network of, of people that are on social media. And so after doing this course and being surrounded with so much positivity and support, encouragement, inspiration, um, not only was I receiving it, but I learned to give it. And I found mm. an outlet to, to support other people you know, and I, and I saw the impact that I was having by creating videos and, and, and the encouragement and support that people were giving me in return, you know? And so it just, it made me really aware of, you know, giving starts the receiving process. You know, the law of reciprocation is real. Like when you give, you open the door to receive. If you don't understand that, then I hope that this will help you understand how powerful it actually is, you know? Yeah. Um, and so going through that process of uh, learning 
different techniques of how to speak and deliver. Um, I was inspired by people and it kind of just started the process of being okay with posting a video on Facebook. And given the social media platforms that we have access to, Instagram was one of those that I'd used for many years, but never posted videos, never did a live, you know. Did you ever speak like, in any of them? Nah, man. No. Uh, you know, there might have been me doing some raps or whatever, um, <laughs> but there was some inspirational posts that I would post, uh, me at the gym and all that kind of stuff, but I would never speak or anything like that. I never even thought about it, never crossed my mind. So wow. uh, the whole speaking part of my journey as well was the fact that, again, insecure, insecurity, you know, you, you're afraid to speak in front of people. You have self, so much self-doubt and lack of confidence within yourself that you would never even try to, to do that, you know? So, you know, I, I've had to learn that now that, um, you know, whatever. You almost had that, to rediscover your limiting beliefs, right? Oh, hundred percent, you know, and I'm constantly doing it. What would you, you say know, but, but through one of the limiting beliefs was before or like in transition, what was one of the ones you had to uncover within yourself in order to make that transition from, never posting anything to all of a sudden having a goal of becoming the best modus motivational speaker you can be. Well, ask that question again. I was just, I was just kind of in a deep, deep thought just then. No, no, I respect that. I respect that because I feel like it is a very deep question. You know, what was one of the limiting beliefs that you had to discover for yourself in order to say, Hey, you know, I now want to become a public speaker or even have the goal to speak because that wasn't on your radar before. Nah, man, it wasn't. It, it the, the limiting belief, um, it, it's, it's kind of like there's layers to it. At first it's like, it's kind of there on the outside and then you get up and speak one time and you peel a layer off and then you get up and speak again and you peel another layer off, but it's continuously there. It's like that inner villain, um, that, that inner negative dialogue that you have going on in your head that's constantly kind of telling you, hey, fucking, you're not good enough, man. It's not going to make sense what you say. People aren't going to connect with you. Um, people are going to get bored of what you're saying, you know? And, and it's like the more that you continue to take action and stand up and deliver and speak and push yourself to do it, um, the, the quieter that, that, that voice gets, it's still there, but it's just so weak now that you hear it. It's, you're very aware of it, but you, because you're in a real, you're in your real power place now because of the amount of time and momentum that you've built within yourself, that motivation that you've been living and breathing every day, man, that voice is there, but it's just, it's too weak now. It has no power anymore you know, but it's still there and it will still challenge you. And so it's like, you've got to, you're fighting for your life. You know, you're trying to, you know, the mission in your life is to conquer yourself. It's not to conquer anyone else. It's yourself that's stopping you every single day that you have to fight against, which is challenging to understand because it's so psychologically, um, you know, 
confronting that you are your own worst enemy. You've been programmed and conditioned in your environment and the way that you've grown up that somehow you've developed this protective mindset that doesn't want you to step forward, doesn't want you to keep climbing those stairs, you know? So um, it was that point. It was that, yeah, man. I know it's a primal, you know, primal instincts, um, you know, where we're designed to keep ourselves safe and that's the, the brain, you know what I mean? So um, you've got to, in life, man, you've really got to push yourself, believe in yourself and, and uh, own it, you know, and do whatever it is that you need to do to, to grow and, and to also be aware of your environment because you become the, the, you know, we always say it, man, the average of the five people that you hang around, that's who you become. You're a product of your environment. If you don't like the product that you are, then you need to change your environment. You know, um, it was that point. I said, I'm moving to Poland. Then I said, what am I going to do there? And then I decided I'm going to open a gym. So it was a little process there in between where after I said I was going to open a gym, I realized that if I am going to be a manager or a director or a training coach or a, someone who's going to delegate, if you want to be on that pedestal, bro, you got to speak and you got to deliver and you got to, and you got to talk to people in front of people. And, and that was what, um, that is how I uncovered that I was afraid of speaking in I was afraid of public speaking. Wow. Because you knew what you had to do next. If you were to go. Yeah. Down because I was path. like, well, how are you going to run? How are you going to run a gym? How are you going to do that? If you're afraid to speak. And as soon as I realized that, then I started, re I started going on um, YouTube and I was listening to motivational speaking. And I was listening to a guy called Bedros Koulian, who's an entrepreneur and he owns um, fit body bootcamp, which is a massive, gym franchise in uh, in america and he i was listening to him and while i was watching youtube mind valley ads started coming on and then eventually speak and inspire which was a speaking course as soon as i saw that and i watched the and i did the master class man i was sold i was like wow this is like the universe just came to me and said bro this is your course wow. um Bedros, I really like him. He's a great entrepreneur. I actually got me and Destiny, we got the opportunity to uh, hear him speak in San Diego 2019 of last year. We went to like a real estate conference. He's an amazing guy. So man, just ultimately, it's interesting how the algorithms can find you what almost what you're going to be interested in. But in a way, it's almost like fate, you know, once they realize like, hey, you know, you're, you were presented with this and you decided to go. And now I'm all for personal development. You know, you know me and, and I know you to be the one, you know, to pour into themselves and, and spend money on yourself. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs would actually say before you do anything, before you start the business, before you do this, you need to invest in yourself. Ultimately, you know, now personal, let's, let's talk personal development before we kind of continue from here. What's one thing that has been a constant for you over the last couple of years uh, in the personal development field, whether it be reading, journaling, like what do you prefer? Well, I mean, the, the ability to be able to focus on yourself and not be distracted, you know, by the outside world, one of the biggest things that helped me at the start was the fact that I realized that watching TV was destructive and that the, the negativity that is projected through that screen is, is so bad 
that is <laughs> like man. it is so bad and no one and so many millions of people do not realize this I, i've recently thought to myself i was like wow um i know the anchors are pretty good at their job but they are filled with negativity. I wonder how their lives are. And they're doing, I'm like, they mostly look like they're doing all right because, you know, they're on social media too and they seem yeah. like they're happy. But they're the ones that are presenting all the shit. Um, but I just, the, the moment that I realized that I was in control and it, and it came down to psychology, it came down to your mind because I realized that you are in complete control of everything that enters that mind. You know, Jim Rohn says, you know, stand guard at the, at the, at the door to your mind. Wow. And the moment that I started to live by that, by, by knowing that, Hey, I have control of what I listen to. I have control of what I watch. I have control of the conversations that I have with people and how much, actual time I invest into the conversation, whether it's feeding me value or it's not. And if it's not, then I kind of doesn't mean I'm rude and I walk away, but I detach myself from the energy and from actually the investment of engaging. I don't give it as much as I normally would. If it's something that I've, if I'm talking to Stefan, for example, and I, we're connected and there's a lot of value, there's a good vibration between both of us and it's just back and forth. And, and you, you feel it. But I think a lot of the times we're unconscious about that value that we're actually can, you know, people are energy. And when That's you're so speaking true. to someone and they're not providing you value, but yet you continue to invest, then you're feeding off their bad vibes, man. You know? Um, so I just realized that awareness and, and that's something that I still live by um, today that you are in complete control of what you watch. Look, I'm not perfect. That I'm not a saint. I don't sit here and go, man, I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch any negative stuff, this and that. I've built myself up into such a positive mindset because I detached myself from everything and everyone. You know, that's why I traveled to America. I lived with my cousin for three months because I was like, I need to get away from everyone. I need to go away from Australia, away from everyone that I know. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I wondered, I went to Shaolin Temple to China for three months. And, and I, think it, I think about it now, I'm like, geez, bro, like you really, you really did it. Like you really, you continue to want to disconnect yourself from what you know, because you know that it's not helping you grow. You know, and, and I'm still adamant to as soon as I am able, I'm getting out of here, man. I'm moving to another side of the country. Where, where, because, are, you, where are you going to go next? Um, to Perth, Western Australia. Western Australia. Simply because it's a new environment. It's, it's getting me away from the things that I know. You know, it's going to feed me new experiences, new people. Um, you know, and it's, I think that's the, that's the, that's a big, big secret, man. Like continue to stay in the same city, stay around the same people, stay at that same job and keep having the same life and wonder why your life isn't getting better. Wow. You're making me, uh, reflect, you know, just on a lot of different opportunities and not only that, just kind of relive some of my own life, you know, in a way, but you're so right. You're, you're, I couldn't have said it better. 
always stretching, you know, and pushing the envelope with yourself, really getting outside of that comfort zone, understanding yourself, because would you agree that by putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, you, you see and start to uh, embrace that new version of yourself? Man, when I think about who I was three, three and a half, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, at that time, would I have ever imagined that I would be this person that I, no way, no way. I would have laughed and gone, yeah, whatever, man. Because I had such low self-confidence and low self-esteem and I had, I just didn't have that vision. I didn't, I, I didn't even know how to get there. I didn't know the process, understand it at all. And I didn't even know who to reach out to. You know, I was just yeah. doing what I thought was right. You know, so it's, it's, um, it's amazing to be in a position where you've been, now you can actually reflect on the work that you've done on yourself, which is not easy. Like, do you, like, I'm not in a relationship. I yearn for a relationship. Yes. I can't wait till I meet that girl that I really like that likes me back as much as I like her. Right. But am I going to let that stop me? Am I going to let that make me feel depressed and, and stop me from, from doing what I'm doing. No way. Like, I really believe that, um, this is getting, this is, this is deep, you know, like I really believe in terms of like, for example, myself, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be single. It's hard. You feel lonely. You feel alone. You know, you, you, you see other people in relationships and, we, we love connection. People, people love people. You, you want to feel wanted. You want to feel appreciated. You want to come home from your day and see your missus or your partner and give them a hug and have that. Right. And, and yeah. I, I don't have that. I've, I've got me. I've got myself to look at the mirror and say, bro, you're a shit, man. You're amazing. I love you. Right. Give myself a fist pump. This, this really runs true, man. In, in this sense as well, like in living in solitude in really like being able to step away. And I always say that this can work in relationships too. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you can't live in a solitude mindset where you step away at certain points of the week to, to spend time with yourself, to reflect, to love on you, to, to do things by yourself so that you can connect with yourself, right? Because again, we're very... Uh, exertive. We always project outwards. We're always giving to people. We're always speaking to people. And, and it's, you got to return that to yourself. And so there are ways to do that if you're in a relationship. But for me, this runs really true in this kind of experience. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. Les Brown says this all the time. And this is just wow. one, one, of those, one of those experiences where if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. So if you continue to be in those relationships that aren't serving your, uh, your best interests, then your life will be easy. I mean, your life will be hard, right? Because you're not willing to spend that time with yourself and to kind of heal. And so I'm willing to, to do what is hard, right? So that eventually my life will be easier. And I have to go through this process. And so just talking about relationships, one thing that I really believe, I, you attract what you are, right? And so I'm not 
I don't believe that I'm where I'm supposed to be just yet. But the only, and this is deep, the only time that I'm going to meet that right person is when I'm living my dreams. And I'm already living them, but I'm not at that position yet where I want to be. And I'll get there very soon. But I know that when I get there, that person is waiting there for me. But she's also growing. She's also investing in herself. She's also doing her thing as well. She just doesn't know it. You know what I mean? It's like you have to, depending on the quality of relationship, the quality of the person, you know, you have to get to that, the top of the stairs first before you meet that person. You, you can't just meet them like right now. You've got work to do. So it's kind of like I'm chasing and living my dreams, but I'm also chasing that connection because, yeah, I do want to have a family. I do want to be in a relationship and, and have that love and all that kind of shit, man. I yearn for it. It's fucking amazing. It's been so hard to be alone, you know, and that's why many people can't, can't be alone because they can't yeah. stand it. It's, it's painful. So for you, at what point did you realize that, uh, you know, you, you have to attract at a higher vibration, you know, you have to be because the person that's, that's going to, that's who I am. Uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I know who I am and where I'm going and bro, it, like as, as it's not ignorant and as hard as it is to kind of under, this is an easier way to understand. Look at actors, for example, look at Hollywood. Do you see a Hollywood actress or an actor, uh, someone who's a blockbuster, like they're amazing. Do you see them dating someone who's working in the government, getting paid $40,000 a year? I'm following, but that's not a, an you know what I mean? decision so think for, about, for everybody, you know, and I'm just think curious, about the like, kind of person that you want to be with and go there. So for those that are listening, take note, just take note to what Luke is saying. You know, it's definitely not easy uh, for a lot of people. And it's ironic that it took you, I mean, a, you know, a portion of your life to understand that. Cause early on, you know, you were just yearning for that relationship, but as you grew and as you realize your true power, right. You're coming in understanding of like, Hey, this is what I want. I'm glad that none of the other stuff happened. You know, it's beautiful to, uh, to meet someone on the way who is aspiring to be really successful and grow their own brand and business and this and that, and you meet them and then you form a relationship and you support each other. And if that happens, wow, it's a blessing. I'm not saying don't be in a relationship at all, but if that happens, it's a blessing. But for me, it hasn't happened. And so I'm just embracing this process that I'm having to go through because I just feel divinely guided. There's something, there's something deeper and bigger for me that I'm continuously having to work through in order for me to, you know, they say uh, the harder your journey, you know, the bigger, the, you know, they say the harder the climb, the, the better the view at the top. I think it's powerful that you're honoring yourself that much because it's also honoring the, you know, potential partner that you're going to have down the road that you're attracting, you know, tenfold. You're yeah, doing, I know there's people out there, bro. You know, you, you, you're a giver. You know, you, you love hard. You, you, when, you, when you love someone and you appreciate them, you give it like 
right? And there've been times where you give it and you've never received it back because people don't have that kind of love that you have, you know, wow. you're yearning for it, but you're not getting it back. And I know that there's people that feel like that. And so all I can say to those people is that that, that person that you're giving that love to, you're not, they're not seeing it. They're not your people and you've got to let them go. You know, and, and, and if you're doing that also, man, come back to yourself, return that love to yourself, love yourself for six months and see how you go then. You'll, you'll find that you'll then attract someone even better. And, and I look back at my relationships. I have no hate on any girl that I dated, but I look at, you know, my perception of their lives and I think, okay, I was quite toxic back then and I was attracting something similar. They, wow. Their lives weren't That's powerful, right? really like amazingly perfect. They had their own issues and so did I. And so I was attracting that. I believe in that. It's, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you've covered a lot of uh, and dropped a lot of golden knowledge there, man. You know, for just people that are, are you know, uh, alone with themselves right now, that don't know what to do, that are stressing out, that are on that maybe time crunch, they, they might feel that pressure that you did at 27 shoot, you know, um, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, I kind of somewhat felt a little bit of pressure because my younger brother got married before me, you know, and I was just like, it's kind of interesting. But then as I started to develop and, and learn about myself, you know, I realized like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, everybody has their own different timeline. There's really no comparison. Now, uh, being where you are now, and just kind of going through that self-love discovery. And, and now, you know, you had gone to the seminar, you had kind of discovered that you had an urge to speak. Um, let's talk about the community that you've built over the, the last couple of years, you know, on your journey to sharing with the world what you've discovered. Well, the community is, is ever growing. You know, it, it's your ability to really be in your power place of who you are and, and show up every single day to build your audience. I don't know how things would have worked if we didn't have social media or the internet. You'd definitely be going out to different companies and giving them your resume or giving them a five minute, speech so that yeah, they can yeah. see the elevator can pitch <laughs> like yeah like this is what i do this is what i talk about this is who i am blah blah, blah. but to be able to use social media it's, it's amazing you know because uh there are so many people especially during covid at home on social media and a lot of people are hurting mental health is huge at the moment a lot Big. of people are depressed and anxious divorce rates are going up so there's a lot of pain and people need motivation. People need support. They need hope. They need to be inspired. They need to know that, hey, this is just a, a dark night that you're going through and the sun is going to rise. You know, suicide rates are, 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 are going higher as well, you know. So um, building my community, uh, you know, is, is something of a, uh, a blessing to be able for me to show up on all my social media platforms, um, you know, majorly, uh, mostly on Instagram and TikTok, uh, to continue to just, just put out my content to connect with more people 
to, to be the light, you know, because that's what I am. I'm, I'm the light, you know, and, and to have my, my um, company that launched this year, Mind Power Corp and have my uh, program, which, you know, I, you know, vouch for like uh, with my life because it's because of that love and that foundation, you know, it's like a relationship, you know, if you don't have that friendship at the beginning, that foundation, that concrete, you know, how can you build the walls? How can you build the frame of your house without that concrete? And, and it's that connection that we are lacking with ourselves, which does not allow us to build upon our success and dreams because we don't have the foundation. And I found the foundation. It's love for yourself first. When you have that connection with yourself and you're aware of who you are and you're aware of your thoughts and you're aware of your environment and, and you start to tune into who you are, bro, your life just transforms. So, you know, again, I'm pitching my 21 day self-love blueprint on my MindPower Corp, LukeMindPowerCoaching.com because it transforms your life. You know, it starts from there, but that's not just it. You're going to, if you're going to build up so much momentum and, and, and confidence within yourself that man, you're on a rocket ship to living your best life. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me turning inwards, saying no to invitations, saying no to everyone, but saying yes to me because I valued my life more than others. People don't get it. People can still judge this and that. And that's okay. I, I'm strongly uh, uh, believe that my job is not to hunt people down and say, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. Nah, man, you need to hear my voice and my, my, this gift that I have of expression and say, you know what? That guy connects with me. I want to, I want to, I want to be on his vibe. How do I, how do I get on his level? You know, and you make the decision to go, you know what, Luke, He's doing some amazing stuff. How did he get there? How can I learn to be so positive? Man, love yourself. And, and you know, the, the, what happens when you love yourself is that, you, you know, you start living a completely different life. And so by that, man, I go to China. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm speaking in China to the Kung Fu students. And I make that environment part of Luke Mindpower's journey. And everybody eventually knows me as a speaker. I'm like, what the hell? I went there to learn Kung Fu and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, the, the Shifu is saying, uh, Luke, uh, would you like to be the host for the Christmas Eve uh, party? And I'm like, the universe is speaking to me saying, hey, you wow. want to speak in China? Here's your opportunity. And I said, yes, of course. You know, the moment that you start saying yes to life, yes to opportunities, Yes to you, bro, game over. And it starts a, starts a freaking like um, ripple effect. Like dominoes. Continue. Dominoes, just bang after bang after Listen, bang. Listen, you, you said so much and you had so many valid points, Luke. Like I just, I feel bad even trying to interrupt you at certain points because I wanted to dissect what you were saying. But everything, I mean, for, for those listening in, you know, Luke is just a even including his, uh, his program, it will be linked in the description. So you will have opportunities to check that out. Uh, for those interested, honestly, 
everything Luke's talking about is fundamental to your growth mentally, spiritually, physically, it'll just transform, you know, like you said, your life. And I felt everything that you were saying, Luke, I want to dive into the Shalom temple, even backtrack a little bit. So you've been speaking now for some time, you built a community for those, you know, uh, that are new to your story. I'm just giving them a timeline. You know, he, he made all these transitions. It was about a year, year and a half, almost two years. And then I remember you even telling me, Hey, I don't, I'm not going to have cell phone connection. I'm going to be going to China to train. And I was like, what? And this was like, well, a year ago now, a little over a year ago uh, when this happened, but that was still a comfort zone. I'm sure that you had like, dang, I'm going to go to China for three months. Like what the heck? Right. Like, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind? You know, it's crazy, bro. Back in 2018, when I said I was going to move to Poland, uh, I reached out to one of my mates because he said that he was also wanting to move to Poland. I was like, wow, I've got a mate that wants to do the same thing as me. This is cool. You know? So we start vibing, talking. And then he mentions to me before he, he wants to go to Poland in January, 2019, he wants to go to Thailand first to do Muay Thai kickboxing. Oh, wow. So as soon as he mentioned that idea, I thought, wow, I reached out to my other friend. I said, bro, listen to this idea. This is pretty cool. Why don't we go to Thailand for a month and just like smash it and get really fit. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so that idea then, and again, this is how amazing, like the universe, if you're, if you're aware and you're open, the universe will, throw things at you just to see whether you're, whether you're ready. Right. And at the time I was living in my apartment and I I remember watching, I was watching a Bruce Lee documentary and that triggered me. And I was like, wow, look at Bruce Lee. Like, look how good he was. Look at his abs and his body and his, how fast he is. And I was motivated. I was so inspired by him. And I thought to myself, Okay, if there's a if there's a Muay Thai place in Thailand, I wonder if there's any like Kung Fu places in Asia somewhere. And I went on Google and I typed it in, man, Kung Fu school. And all these Kung Fu um, places came up in China, and I, and I found one, and I sent him an email, and I said, "This is what I'm doing. This is who I am. Um, give me more details, whatever." And The person got back to me, but then I got so invested in, you know, trying to open a gym and move to Poland and all that kind of stuff that things just didn't align. And so I let that idea go. Wow. A year and a half later, I reach out to the shaolintemple.com to see if I can come. I organize everything because I just came back from America and I was offered to speak at a conference in Florida. And that did that fell through. And so I had my backup plan was that if I don't go to Florida, I'm going to China, but I didn't realize that that same place that I contacted in China was the place that I contacted a year and a half ago. Wow. The same people, right? You know, it's crazy, you know? So, um, so, you know, it, it was for me, it was part of, again, self discovery. It was part of leaving your environment. It was part of letting go and go into a completely foreign place 
uncomfortable, sleeping on a wooden bed, you know, getting up and wearing a uniform again, like you're at school, like having to wear the monk outfit, having to live like a monk in a temple. You know, I got there a week before the weather changed. I got there and it was nice and it was blue skies. And a week later, I woke up after a nice day. The next day I woke up at 6 a.m. or 6.30 and it was zero degrees. And I was like, I got out of the room and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Crazy. It went from like 20 to zero. Like that's like, it probably went from four, from 60 to 40. Wow. That's, like that. that's cold. That's really cold. Yeah, man. And so um, that place is a, is a place that, if you want transformation, um, go into a place like that will teach you so much. And it's, it just teaches you so much about gratitude, about appreciation, about again, your own body. Um, you know, there's a lot of meditation that goes on. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, activities, but just a lot of work within yourself and your spiritual connection is, is really heightened after you leave. Uh, because it's is that such a part a of like your place. Is that a part of your daily routine? Like walk us through like what it was like. Yeah. Like so on a day to day, you know, you, you get up at six 30 and you put on your monk outfit and then you can have a coffee in the tea room if you want, but you have to get up. It's dark seven o'clock lineup. Everybody has to line up from high, from shortest to tallest. And then the Shifu, the monks will come out, the warrior monks. And uh, you have to, uh, recite, not, not recite, but you have to call out the numbers in Chinese. So E-R, Sam, Sir, we'll, you got to count it according to where you are. So I was oh, wow. always at the end because I was one of the tallest. And so at the first like three weeks, I couldn't remember the numbers. I didn't know the numbers. And so the person next to me was always telling me what my number was. Um, <laughs> and so after we count, after we count, because, and your number would change like every time there was, because people were always coming and going, you know, so that it wasn't always the same. Like within those three months, there was like so many different new students and people leaving all the time. You know, really? some people would just come for a week. Oh, okay. Some so there wasn't like a, two. there wasn't like a specific amount of time you had to train, but nah, for man. you, it was like three months. Yeah, man. Some, I just, I didn't know how long I was going to stay. I thought I was going to stay for 12 months. Like after like two weeks there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay here and I want to master this stuff. I want to be the best, <laughs> you know? Um, but I was confused for a while because I was just like, I don't know. I, I'm, you just, you go through so many ups and downs. Like it was painful, man. Like, you know, but anyway, after, after you line up, you go and have breakfast. You have to walk to the other temple in a, in a straight line. You got to, uh, in a, in, in the morning, go and have breakfast in this place and in, in another temple. And it's like the men on one side, the females on the other side, and you're not allowed to speak while you're eating. Right. Um, then you go finish, you wash up your cutlery, you take it back, um, you wash up your bowls, you take it back to your position. And that's your position for the rest of the time that you're there. You sit at the same spot. Um, wow. And so you have three it's meals a day that you do. Yeah, you have three meals a day. You do the same thing, you know, 7, 12 and uh, 6 p.m. Um, and then, then you have three and a half hours in the morning of training, Kung Fu training and three and a half hours in the afternoon. And you have about an hour after lunch so you can have a break. And so normally I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Once you start training and you start like stretching and, and doing all these Kung Fu forms and, and um, these m movements with your body, punching and kicking and all this stuff, 
man, your body is just aching because it's never felt this kind of pressure before, you know? So yeah, man, it, it's, it was hard because you had to, you're, you're pushing yourself a lot, you know, more than you would be. Cause I mean, you're there every day, yeah. you know? So Monday to Friday, you're training seven hours a day, Kung Fu. Wow. Um, and just like I, no, no contact movements or how, how is yeah, I mean, there were times where we have sparring sessions and stuff, you know, and, and you had boxing, we bought some boxing gloves and we, I bought a mouth guard and stuff. But, um, you know, depending on the person, if they're okay with you hitting them, if not, then, yeah. but you try to avoid, you know, you don't, you don't go all out, you know. Yeah, but you're not trying about, to hurt your teammates. Yeah, yeah, it's all about technique and it's all about like just learning, you know, and doing your best. Some, some dudes wanted to have a go. Um, did you get challenged? I mean, you're pretty tall, man. Yeah, I got punched punched out a few times, you know, but, but it was cool, man, because you, I think all in all, it was more about one thing I learned is that you're, you, you are your own doctor, you know, like, like, like that's the, that's the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I learned from the Shaolin temple was that in the Western world, we, we rely on pharmaceuticals. We rely on, um, medicine, you know, to, to help you heal. And man, your body is a healing mechanism. You know, what you put into your body is, you know, they say when we're at school, man, what you are, what you eat, but no one pays attention. No one gives a shit. Right. You know what I mean? So, or you get people uh, that, that uh, have the attitude of I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to eat like shit. Excuse my language, but you know, there's those people too. I feel like yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, so, but yeah, I had to learn that. I got sick there as well. Um, and uh, I think that was just my body, as well as the fact that I was trying to do somersaults, like 35, uh, 36 years old, and I'm there trying to do flips and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I landed on my neck. I hurt myself. And I think that Ooh. caused a chain reaction in my, my body uh, because two hours later, man, I was vomiting in the bathroom and I, oh, wow. I felt really sick and, over the next two days, I was just like in bed and couldn't get out of bed. And I felt you've, you've built such a connection with the team that, you know, you're lying in bed in the morning and you can hear the team counting. Um, while we stretch, we have to count to a hundred each leg and then we change and you're in your room and you're hearing people outside counting to a hundred. And you're like, you feel left out, you know, because you're not part of the team and you also feel like you're letting the team down, you know? So, um, eventually I went to the hospital and I got to experience Chinese medicine, which I had wow. so much doubt, uh, doubt, uh, Going you know, in. in me that I didn't believe in it. And I was just like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to the Chinese hospital to have that stuff. If I'm not better by Monday, I told one of the um, officials that I'm going to leave. And she said, no, yeah. she went to the hospital. She called me. She goes, come to the hospital now. And I was like, okay. So I went and uh, wow, he put me on the bed. He corrected my, um, body with whatever he was doing, probably like physio acupuncture or not acupuncture, um, osteo all in one. Um, and so I went back there a few times, they fixed me up. Um, the whole experience was just amazing. Uh, Eastern medicine is something else, right? Yeah, bro. It's different. And, and most people don't, are not aware of it. And we judge because of what we see on TV and what we, what mainstream media gives us, you know, and so my perception of China is negative, was negative, uh, communist, man, hear the word communist and you think automatically it's bad, right? 
doesn't mean that the people are bad though. There were so many amazing people there. And so um, going there just showed me a different side of China, a uh, different side of like that monk life. And I appreciate it a lot more now that I'm not there um, because when you're in there, you kind of get used to it and you kind of take it for granted. Sometimes like there were moments where I had to stop while I'm training with a friend and I'm like, bro, do you know where we are? We're in the Shaolin temple in China and we're learning Kung Fu. We're training Kung Fu. Are you awareness are you again? What you're doing? <laughs> yeah, man. Bro, it's deep, man, because I think about it now and I'm just like, man, you know, I can't wait to go back there. It's just That's awesome. amazing. It's such an amazing place, man. And uh, again, it's part of, you know, you can go for one week, but I went for three months and that was enough time for me to, again, immersed in the culture life, as well, escape my reality so that I can just be with myself so that I can spend time with myself so that I can learn new things so that I can meet new people. The amount of people that I met there and the connections that I built is probably one of the massive biggest takeaways that I would say from the experience is the team. It, it re, you, you start to really realize that the environment I was in was basically um, personal development, right? Because it was your environment and the team effort where everybody's pushing each other, supporting each other. And I'm like, man, this is real life. You're a product of your environment. And if you surround yourself with people who support you, believe in you, push you, and want you to be better every day, you're gonna grow like a mofo. And, and that's what I did because I was around people who wanted me to win. That's powerful because like on the grander scheme of things, Luke, if you, if you retrace just that little journey that we discovered from the moment that you made the, that uh, you wanted to make the change from being where you were and you transitioned, uh, going to the Shaolin Temple. I mean, ultimately, you know, you were you were pounding away at the universe and you were letting, you know, the world know who you were and, and uh, where you were going. But when you were in China, that brought the physicality and you actually doing that with other people, like how powerful is that? And by the end of it, you, you said that you had the, uh, your seafood, like telling you like, Hey, I want you to speak. I want you to host. Like how, how powerful was that? It was, it was amazing because he, from the from the first time I met him and I'd been watching him on Instagram and, and his YouTube and, and watching his like martial arts and the way that he is. And I was like, bro, this guy's so cool, man. You know? And, and when I got there, I, I was like afraid as well. Cause never been there before. I thought I was lost. I wasn't sure where I was. And I went to the wrong temple cause I didn't know the directions I was reading. didn't take me to the right place. And he was the person that was there that met me. And so I followed him. He's like, Kung Fu student? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and wow. so he took me and immediately, I think it was one of the first or second days, he gave me the nickname Bruce Lee. And so for the rest of the time, and funny enough, again, talk about the universe, right? Bruce on Lee. My way there, on my way there, I decided to, to go on Audible and download the audio book of the biography. I've got them confused. Autobiography or biography? Yeah, I don't know which autobiography. one. Autobiography of Bruce Lee. And so on my way to China, I was listening to that. 
Wow. I, and I didn't, I haven't finished it, but I listened to a bit of it. And when I got there, he started calling me Bruce Lee. Then I just built this kind of like connection with him without spending too much time with him. There was just a different energy and he could feel it. And so could I. And so my presence was very felt. And so when opportunities came, I said, yes. And from that, that built a stronger connection with the team. And then we had these Friday nights, every Friday we would have power training, which would be two hours of like intense, intense cardio workouts, like carrying people on your back and running around the temple. Um, Having people pick up your legs and you have to crawl on your hands, running around, going around the tent, the whole temple. And like, um, hanging it sounds on the like brutal training the, yeah man like pulling like um having like th- uh three people in front of you and you having to push them like it just like really like crawling around the temple like really crazy intense stuff that you have to do and you had to do two hours of that on friday so after that session every friday we decided to go to the local um you know it was a Thai restaurant, I think, and we'd have like smoothies. And then one of the guys, Sasha, he would, this 18 young, I think he's 20, um, young dude, he would ask me, he, he said, hey, man, do, can you do a speech? Right? So as soon as I did the first speech, then it became a thing. Every Friday, we would go to this place and, and I would do a speech. And he'd be like, hey, do another speech. Because he loved it, Right. So it's like the universe was presenting itself continuously with opportunities for me to grow, for me to say yes, for me to continue my journey, even though I'm there to learn Kung Fu, somehow my speaking became a part of it and everyone saw me. And then at the end of it, while we were locked up during the the whole COVID thing at the beginning of February, I chose to ask everybody in the team who was there if they'd like to be interviewed. And so again, I took my, uh, persona of who I am and I interviewed everybody individually you know and I, I remember watching a few of those interviews that was pretty powerful yeah, so and and so at the end of that you know just going back to the connection I built with the Shifu uh, I asked him after I finished my speech when I was leaving and I said why did you call me Bruce Lee like what, what, what was it about me like is there was so many other students there that were so much better than me like, you know, they were just so amazing. Like, and he said, I could feel your energy. And he said, you have the same aura as Bruce Lee. Wow. And I was like, wow. Go figure. You know, and, and it's amazing because I know a lot, like lots, a lot of people probably see it as like woo woo stuff or energy. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but it's real, man. And you can feel percent vibe. 100% when you, if you tune in, you know, when you were here, when um, you came to Fresno that, that time, you know, there, it was, it was interesting to have all four of us there and, you know, we were energized and just, you know, like we were just on one. Um, we, I don't even think I drank coffee that day. It was just, it was powerful, you know, to say, to say the least, but I get, I get where you're coming from, but yes, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people, um, would say that they feel that energy or, or they could, uh, how would you describe it? If you, I mean, if you could just can share. It's something that 
I've built within myself. It's something that I've grown. And because of my attention to myself, the way that I am so aware of my thoughts and my ability to communicate with you, for example, when I start to connect with someone and I start to present myself and I open myself up, you know, I'm projecting myself from a place of love, from a place of positivity, from a place of light. And so when I, when I bring myself out like that, if someone else is understands energy and someone else understands life, like what it is to be a good person, what it is to be a, a, a humble person, what it is to be a kind person, what it is to be, uh, you know, open and, and compassionate and, and aware of who they are, then they will immediately feel you, you know, and it's it, for me to explain it because it's in, it's, it's your energy aura is invisible. But if you got like a, um, uh, I don't know, one of those like technological cameras or something that could show infrared or something, you'd be able to see the energy coming off your body because we are energy. Like if you break us down and you look in a microscope, you'll see that your skin is vibrating. Like it's all little particles of shit. Like everything is, this microphone is energy. Just all vibrating um, at a different frequency. Everything's, everything's, you know, um, it's invisible, but I say it all the time. Energy is everything. It is, it is, you know, so it's like tuning in and, and, and not everybody will connect doesn't mean that you're in tune with energy that you're going to listen to me because again, I, I believe that, you know, I'm not for everyone and, and everyone's not for me, you know, but it's, it's part of the process that, you know, your ability to show up, be the best that you can be, be open and, and uh, able to serve because there are people out there that are waiting for you. Wow. you know, not everyone is waiting for you but you need to be able to show up consistently to build yourself and your brand and, and your presence so that you can find those people that are searching for what you have to offer. They're there, you know, and the universe has given us social media technology to be able to explore and use and utilize so that people can find us. And I call that finding your tribe finding the people that you, you know, you drive with, finding the people that are on that same level, that same energetic level, the same mindset level, you know, people that you connect with. I mean, just on a multitude of different ways, you know, it, man, Luke, it's you know, you, that Steph, it's, it's people that, that um, need you, need your service, need your product, need your program, need your course, need your, whatever it is that you are giving you know, maybe it's not them that it's not for them to be your friend or, or for you to whatever, but it's your because message. they feel your message, your, your connection, your energy. And they're like, wow, this guy, you know, I've gone through a phase of so many different speakers that I connect with. And at, at one point, Les Brown was the king. I, I just couldn't stop listening to the guy. You know, but then I, and then I changed and then I found someone else. Then I found Ed Milet and I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. 
then I found uh, Tony Robbins. Then I found Dean Graziosi. Then I found oh, wow. Trent Shelton. And I was like, wow, man, these guys are just all these different people were just inspiring me, you know, but now I'll be honest, I found me more because I also realized that if you lose yourself in other people's motivation and inspiration all the time, then you're kind of not, you're, you're kind of, you're trying to find your way too much. And sometimes you can get influenced in, in different ways where you're not kind of living your own uh, truth because you're always kind of trying to, you're always feeding off what other people think are right. And, uh, and it's, it's about you finding your way, you know, and sometimes things that other people say that don't necessarily work for you. And that's okay. That's something that I struggle okay. with because I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's your life is so unique and distinct that you got to own it fully take bits and pieces from people and, and do it. However, you know, I'm, I'm saying I don't listen to that much anymore. Some people may listen to it every day and just use it all the time, whatever you've got to find what fits for you and what works for you. You know, hundred percent, 100%. I know we've actually been driving for a while, you know, just the, the vibe is good. Energy levels. Great. You know, you've actually delivered a lot of knowledge for our listeners here today. And I appreciate, you know, just the wisdom, the inspiration that you bring in by, you know, getting vulnerable, you know, a little bit about your past and, and you know, uh, taking a deep dive in your history, you know. Um, one thing that I would like to bring up is just, uh, you know, fear. What is your take on fear and doubt? Fear and doubt is, uh, it's a part of insecurity. You know, in insecurity kills more dreams than failure ever will. And so, you know, there was a moment when I was in Chicago, I was living with my cousin. I, again, it was part of me escaping my uh, environment. You know, I, was, I, I went there for a week while I was in the States the first time. I visited family I'd never met before. And I was like, man, my sister's been friends with this family member for like a few years. I have never met them. I don't even know who they are. They live in Chicago. I'm going to reach out and say, hey, can I come and meet you? So yeah. after meeting them, I came back to Australia and again, I just felt this, this pull to, 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 I wanted to go back, you know, I wanted to, to, to leave. And so I called her up and I said, Hey, would you mind if I came and lived at your house for like three months? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I just want to, I just want to leave Australia. I don't want to be here. I just want to go. And so she said, yes. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Okay. I'm going back to America. Um, and so anyway, the story is that I was doing Instagram lives, uh, every day I was interviewing people and one interview that I had was with a gentleman called Mark Pyers from Boston. I think he's from he Boston. does real talk, real talk. Yeah. Mark. Pyers yeah. I'm, I'm friends with him. Yeah, I met yeah. him through you. I met a yeah, lot yeah. of cool people through you. Thank you by the way for that. <laughs> And so he, he said, oh, you're in Chicago. He goes, man, you should go and do open mics and you should go speak in Chicago and, and go to these open mic. He goes, Chicago is the biggest city for open mics. Wow. And when he said that to me, immediately I was like, oh man, the universe is asking me to grow more. 
<laughs> like you knew not, it. You knew it right away. Am I not good enough already? <laughs> like, haven't I built enough confidence? Like, aren't I? <laughs> you know. So when he said that to me, I was like, okay, and I just took it on board. But again, there was doubt and there was fear because it was something new, and I was just like automatically your mind starts to give you these thoughts and it starts to say, why would you go to an open mic? That's where people sing. You don't want to go to an environment where people are singing and you're the only person that you're, is a speaker. That's weird. Right. And so your mind starts to come up with all these ideas as to why it's not going to work, why it's not a good idea, you know? And so it took me, I think about two days. And then I, all of a sudden I started going on Google and I typed in open mic Chicago. And immediately I found the first one that said the best open mic in Chicago. And I looked at it and I was like, wow. I was like, I have to do this. Like I've got a car. My cousin gave me a car. Like I'm in Chicago for the next like two and a half months. Like, you know, are you afraid? Like, what are you afraid of? You know? So uh, it was, Again, it was like, I had to realize that, you know, you can't be afraid. You can't let your fear like hold you back, especially if it's to do with something that you're doing as like a profession. Like if you're a speaker or if you're someone who's like a motor, you're inspiring people then, but you're afraid to get up and speak, then what's the point? Well, you're just going to hide behind a screen and stay like I've got, I had built up my Instagram, for example, when I first started that, I was afraid. When I first started Facebook videos, I was afraid. I'd built up so much confidence and got in such a like comfort zone of doing videos on the internet that that was my safe place. And now for someone to say, hey, go and go out to the um, bars and, uh, and the pubs and go and speak in front of people, it's free. And I was afraid of it. Um, yeah, man. So I, I had to not be afraid of it and I had to go and do it. And so I remember the first night, you know, and I just sat there. I was the last person in there. There was 30 people that were doing it. And, and I walked in there and I sat down and, and I just watched every single person play their Get instrument up. or sing for five minutes. There was just five minutes. And I waited for a couple of hours just to have my five minutes of, of glory to just to get up there and say, you know, at the time I was calling myself a positive therapist, you know, and, and I get up there and I just say, Hey, I'm Luke. And, you know, I also kind of like felt as if I was going to be more appreciated because I'm Luke from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no one cared. Like, Everyone was just there for their own glory. No one cared about who you were, really. You were just there to be creative and to, to grow, to take action on your own self. And to, because that's what it's all about. Yeah. You're there to, to, yes, meet new people. It was great. I met some amazing artists and comedians, you know, but it was out of my comfort zone, man. Like, to get up in front of people and speak and try to inspire people. And, and some people would just sit there frozen. They wouldn't say anything. And you're like, <laughs> they're trying to, you're there trying to speak and trying to get people to go. Yes. To I, react. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
So it's amazing to reflect on that because again, if you allow that fear or that self-doubt uh, to, to, to control you, then basically there's no room for growth. You're never going to grow, you know? And, and I look back at it now and, and that was a major part of my journey just going in those five minute sections, you know, I built up confidence after f like four, four um, opportunities to speak. And, and cause I'd, I'd be, it's in a mus musical environment. People are always getting up playing and singing, rapping. I built up confidence that I said, well, hang on a second. I really love to rap. And <laughs> after like four occasions of speaking, I said, this time I'm going to rap. I'm going to get up and I'm going to sing. I'll see you when you get there by Coolio. And that's exactly what I did. You know, um, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Have you ever sang in, or like rapped in front of anybody before? Never, never. And, and that, look, that, that's, that's a part of something that I kind of held, hold on to as a little bit of a secret now too, that I built up this, you know, confidence within myself to, to be able to be so free and to be able to express myself the way that I want to express myself. And so I started my own personal uh, page on Instagram and on TikTok where I post stuff about rap music and it's something that I'm passionate about where it's like I'm showing songs that I like and I'm rapping as well, you know, because it's something, it's a form of expression and something that I've connected with deeply since I was a kid. You know, but I never believed that I could be a rapper or that I could write my own song or sing my own song because of self-doubt, because of comparison to others. And they say that comparison is the thief of all joy. And it is, you know, you look at Dr. Dre, Eminem, um, 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, the, the Tupacs and Biggies. You look at them and you think I could never be like that. You look at their success and you just automatically dismiss yeah, any, any opportunity or any possibility that you could ever be great like them. So you don't even start. And it goes the same thing with a business or a company or anything that you want to become that you look all the way to the top and you completely discourage yourself because you see the success and you think to yourself, there is no way ever that I could be like that. And I had to learn through this journey now that, man, I can rap. I can make my own song. It's not about trying to be the best. It's just about doing what you love. It's about being in that element every single day of love, happiness, peace, joy, appreciation. You know, like this is what life's about. Do what you love. When you do what you love, you love what you do. And your life just becomes unlimited because you're, man, that's why gratitude is so powerful because when you feel good about life, you feel good. You're at a higher vibration. You want to do more because you're happy. You, you think that you want to go reach for your dreams when you feel depressed and you feel like shit. No, you don't want to do nothing. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> you don't want to do shit when you feel like shit. There's no aspiration. There's no consistency. There's no dedication. There's no motivation. There's nothing within you that's saying, go get up and do it. Let's go. You know? So, you know, it's just, that's why, you know, my book is called Your Power Place, The Art of Loving Yourself. Because when you love yourself, you put yourself in that power. 
It's your power, your power plays. Cause when you're in there, bro, you're in flow, you're in sync, you're in alignment with who you are and you just start running. Wow. I'm looking forward to that book. When should we be on the lookout? Man, it's already available. Um, although it is connected with my course that, that, uh, the program that I've got, um, okay. so I'm in the process, I'm in the process of releasing it on Amazon, um, and all the other leading uh, platforms for, um, for books. Oh, because it's a, it, it's a workbook as well, right? It's a workbook as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out, Luke. I really appreciate your time here today. Uh, in closing, I mean, you, there, there's just everything that you said is it, I mean, people need to be taking notes right now because I definitely have. You've hit every, every box that I wanted to hit, you know, on my checklist for this interview, like you're, you surpassed it. You've over-delivered. And I can honestly say the same. I know you're going to also do that in your course. So people, you need to check out his program. Uh, I will have all of the links available. I will also link uh, Luke's personal profiles in the description. So you can also connect with Luke He's such an inspiration. He has a lot of value, obviously, that he's been giving us here today. Uh, Luke, again, any last thoughts? One last thing that you can give the audience here. Yeah, man. When you dream big, your problems become small. When you dream big, your problems become small. With the last thing that you said about starting uh, and about like, you know, you were, you were given, um, you were just talking about like all of the artists, right? The one quote that came to mind was, you don't have to uh, be great to start. You know, you just have to start. You just have to start. You don't start. have to be great to start, but you have to start if you want to be great. And, you know, it's, it's up to you now to give yourself permission to make that declaration that you are greatness. That's like, that's who you are. Infinite. Don't wait for someone to give Validate you permission, you. Yeah. you know, you declare it and, and live it and breathe it and work towards it every single day, work with it. You know, think about how fast the last five years have gone because they did, they just went like that. So who do you want to be in five years? Who do you want to be? Ask yourself that question today. Who do you want to be? Who is that version of yourself? in five years time. Is it the same person that it is today? Do you see yourself doing the same thing, being in the same relationship, being in the same house, having the same job, driving the same car, living in the same, same location? The is same everything, way to work. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like ask yourself that. And if any of those are no, then bro, people make some changes and, and, and set yourself some goals. And, you know, again, that kind of just leads me back to my success coaching because that's what it's about. You know, it is about setting yourself goals and looking at where you are misfiring. You know, your, your life is structured uh, with, you know, your, it's uh, spiritual, it's emotional, it's relational, you know, it's uh, financial, and if something is misfiring, then you're out of that homeostasis. You are out of that equilibrium. You are out of that balance, right? And that's what I'm here to help you do, man. I'm here to help you get to that balance where you're flowing, you know, and you're vibrating on that level 
where you're just like uh, unstoppable and, and, you know, trust the process. You know, I didn't get here by not taking action. I didn't get here, just wake up one day and wow. Yeah. You know, I look you back three years, three years and I did all these things. I didn't just wake up and all those things happened. That's so awesome. I think that the, the last thing that I'll say is, is something that I was challenged with this year is patience. You know, patience. we want this, we want the end result, man. We want the success. We want the happiness. We, we want it all. You know, we want those things that, that we think are going to give us that happiness, you know, whatever it is, you know, you want to have a nice car, you want to have a nice house, you want all these things. And, and it's all possible for you, but it's that patience, you know, that, you have to learn and I've had to learn that I have to enjoy the process. You know, the juice is in the journey. Trust this process. This is part of it. This is exciting, you know, because of the, the, the growth that you see, it takes time for you to see how much you've grown and for you to reflect. But once you can let go, let go of the attachment to, to the success and, 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 and trust the process, man, that word patience, Gary V throws it around a lot, right? Patience but look how long it look how long it took him to get to where he is. And you had to be patient. After five years, he could have just thrown it in and gone, screw this, this is too much. Right. You know, but man, I've been in it for like three years nearly, and I'm not in a hurry anymore, man. <laughs> I'm I'm I just like I can see my growth because I'm so self-aware. And so I'm like, man. Who I'm going to be in three years? Wow. I'm freaking excited. Who's Steph, Steph the Pharaoh? Who he's going to be in three years' time? Bro, that's hectic. <laughs> just goal setting and action taking, you know, and again, being patient, just like you said, I, I, I couldn't have, you know, said it better. But Luke, you know, we, we've been going back and forth. We can keep going another 10 hours. I know we could, you know, you yeah. and I, when we're talking, it's a good time. But I appreciate, you know, and I'm grateful that you're here on episode number five of the Luxic View Mindset. Uh, with that being said, guys, you know, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, check out all of Luke's content. Appreciate it. I will link it down below once again. You know, embrace now and remember doubt kills. Now, don't forget, live your legacy. Until next time, guys. See you, Luke. Thank you again, man. Peace, man.